Welcome to the Catalan Grand Prix, where a man headbutted a motorcycle at 150 miles an hour, and another one forgot how many laps were left. I'm not making any of this up. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. No, really. Both these things actually happened. I don't know how either, but here we are. Welcome to episode 370 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. Good thanks. Glad you could join us as ever. And this is this is a weird, weird Grand Prix to talk about. We're talking about MotoGP's Grand Prix of Catalonia this past weekend. And um, I'll be real with you, people, because I'm honest with you as a listener base. This was not a particularly exciting Grand Prix. This was, in fact, as far as to say, if it was an F1 Catalonia race, you wouldn't probably be able to tell the difference. However, <laughs> this year's F1 race was more exciting. Yeah, it probably was. I thought you were about to go off about the guy who was saying that coleslaw is better. You're just not willing to admit you're an adult. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Whoa. Not only <laughs> that person isn't just wrong, they're wrong in red. Yeah, they're, they're, they're wrong in, in every color under the rainbow. You described but, it as fatherless behavior. I did, <laughs> I, I did describe it as fatherless behavior, and I stand by this statement. Now, if you've been following me on Twitter, Harrison101HD, I may or may not have said to a random person on there to delete their account because they said that coleslaw was better than macaroni and cheese. The heretic. Um, I, I, like, I'm running for president on a platform for the final solution of eradicating coleslaw. If you believe this to be the case, <laughs> send me an email and any donations to patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Now, Dre, you've been saying this for the past, well, almost 24 hours. Mm. You know what that's a reference to, right? You know, you know I will say, as the resident <laughs> Jewish person of this call, I fully support this. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I don't know what this reference is to. Oh, no. We're moving on. We're moving on. It's .com forward slash motorsport101, Twitter at motorsport underscore, motorsport underscore 101, twitch.tv slash motorsport101 underscore, our personal handles at Paris101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, at C Buckley 917 Catalan and make sure and make sure you pick up a copy of Dre's book, which is not titled "My Struggle." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this reference is going to kill me now for the rest of. T uh, oh, <laughs> I've just read the chat that we have in our studio, and yeah, that yeah, say no more. Um, no, no, I, no, no. I I can give you the. In this case, look at me. I'm giving someone else the pass, and I'm giving you the pass. You can't turn the webcams on during recording. I want to talk about the Calan Grand Prix. I gotta catch up on a lot. Of good, good, good idea. This was a nothing burger of a sandwich where both buns were lit on fire. Um, it's a very strange metaphor, I know, but work with me on this one. I promise you, I'll get to. We'll get to the bottom of this over the next forty minutes or so because, uh, my God, um, it it's exploded on social media since then. Alicia Spagaro was trending in the United Kingdom in a sport <laughs> where only two hundred thousand people watch MotoGP week every week. Nice sport. 
Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Let's get into the Catalan Grand Prix. Buddy. Oh my goodness. I I don't know how we're gonna trans. There's no easy transition out of that segment. <laughs> no. There, there is no not. But God help me, I will try. God loves a trier. So, the big news coming out of Catalonia. Well, it started 10 seconds into this race. Long run down to turn one. Sakanakagami maybe, maybe doesn't. Goes into turn one too hot. He definitely goes in too hot. It wasn't even borderline. Yeah, he tucks the front of his bike completely in the heavy pack towards turn one. Um, and we didn't even notice this at first. It was only until the slow motion replays and the multiple angles showed it that we were really just aghast in horror of what we'd just seen. But Takanakagami falls off in such a way that this head bounces off the rear tire of Francesco Bagnaia's bike. Um, I am not... tore the visor off of his helmet. Yeah, this is not an exaggeration. It was a clean headbutt to the tire. Rips the visor off. Obviously, the impact takes Banyaya down, and and the the and, Bany- and Taka's bike collects Alex Rins. The three of them are all out at turn one. Um, somehow, Nakagami has had no major injuries. He's just been discharged from hospital yesterday at the time of recording, but he's fine. Somehow, <laughs> he's fine. Um, Arai helmets inadvertently just got a hell of a plug. Um, I'll say that much. Um, Alex Rins wasn't so lucky. He unfortunately broke his left wrist um, as a result of this. He's now in, in a race against time to be fit for the German Grand Prix next weekend at the Saxon Ring. Um, that'll be touch and go because he had to miss the Catalan test that came the day afterwards as well. But again, he's fine besides that, thankfully. Man, I had no injuries at all. He was fine. And um, it, it sums it up quite well when Banyar in the post-race press conference describes it as, quote, um, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> that was that was the charitable side of things. Yeah, and then Alex there's Alex Rins. Rins. <laughs> he wasn't so charitable. Rins was pissed, not necessarily at Taka per se. And let's not forget those well, two. Well, have well some... he was. He well, was. He was. But it, he, he was. Dis- he was catching strays because the main uh, the main ammunition was being fired at the stewarding. Yeah, yeah, like he was angry at Taka, but of course wished him obviously to make a full recovery. Um, said that Taka was over the limit, but the the real target of his frustration was at the stewards, especially after last week where they were caught up in an incident where Rins and Nakagami hit each other. It wasn't on camera; it was on CCTV. It had to be on the website for them to see it. But Rins blamed Nakagami for that one too, even though you can make a case that was more of a recent incident. But here's what Rins had to say after the race, and uh, Freddie Spencer, if you're listening, you might want to cover your ears. Quote, it's unacceptable. We cannot go on like this. The race direction, the stewards, make zero sense in what they're saying. To say, quote, no further action about what happened in the race. For me, I already said to Freddie, as in Freddie Spencer, when I was there in Mugello, that in my opinion, they need to penalise with the same penalty as Onchu received last year. No? But it's crazy. For sure, and today they demonstrated it on TV that the stewards are not on the level of MotoGP. Um, now, for those guys who don't know, maybe you're a newer fan, when he refers to Dennis Onchi, he refers to the two-race ban that he got at the Circuit of the Americas 
last year for that horrible weave that led to a massive four-bike incident at 140 miles an hour there. Onchi was banned for two rounds as a result of that. Um, that's what he's referring to, and that's what he thought was an appropriate punishment for Nakagami. Now, gentlemen, are the stewards out of line? Are they really this badly out of touch? How do you feel about it? Because it, this has been one of the most talked about vocal points post-race all over the internet. We've had podcasters and journalists scrapping it out on Twitter. Um, you know, people defending Freddie Spencer's honor. It's been a rough week. <laughs> I, I'd say, <laughs> say that, you know, a lot of the motorsports we talk about that are not Formula One don't have the reach that Formula One does. Of course not. But, you know, MotoGP's <laughs> um, stewarding controversies, inquiries about whether or not race stewards are fit for purpose, they are a lot more incendiary. Go ahead. And I'd say, in terms of stewarding, especially motorcycle racing, it's one of the places where, yes, there can be racing incidents, but you can ride in a way that might not, you know, be obviously reckless, but to use the lexicon of of another motorsport series we mentioned from time to time, you can be a moral hazard to your fellow competitors and yourself. Mm. Cam, I'm letting the bottle off the cork. What have you got to say? Oh, God. Why is the light on me? (laughs) Um, You asked for it. (laughs) Man, I don't know where to even start with this. Um, First of all, happy that everyone is relatively okay. Obviously, Rins is in a situation where we'll see if he's ready for the German Grand Prix next week. Taka wasn't even close to making like like he we weren't even turning yet before Mm. he tucked the front. Yeah, he was way too deep, way too hard on the brakes, and he didn't even get to leaning the bike before he tipped it. Yeah, not even close. uh, You know, on one hand, you can have a racing incident. This is a bit more for me. This is riding in a... It's riding a way that's fundamentally unsafe. There's no, oh, well, if he would have made the corner... No, because he he didn't have a chance to. Zero chance. It was... It was Bush League. It was something you'd see out of a Formula One uh, open lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go to the point that was raised earlier today by those who will not be named. <laughs> you can be great at playing in your sport that doesn't mean you're good at managing your sport michael jeffrey jordan yeah the greatest basketball player who ever played the game he's a shit owner freddie spencer is one of the greatest motorcycle riders ever i will stand by him the original alien the original alien extraordinary rider no matter what you put him on he was fast. He actually would have had a would have had more championships if he hadn't got hurt so early in his career. Yeah, we can all agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, actually, um, for a living, used to ride the motorcycle that I happen to own, mm. Honda Seven Fifty. He has been an abject failure as the head of race direction. Yeah, as the head of stewarding, I should say. It, this is it's far too one way or the other. It is either no room for interpretation, ultra heavy handed penalties, or no further action with seemingly nothing in between. 
If yeah. you touch the green on the outside of the track, no matter what the circumstance, you do it a couple times, you're just done. Penalty. Yet, you can ride in a way that is just unacceptably unsafe and no further action. <sighs> it needs to be... We need to be clearer on what merits scrutiny and what does not. Because mm-hmm. it feels like everything that isn't what Anshu did last year or track limits is in this massive gray area. That's just not acceptable. Yeah, It's beneath yeah. the level of MotoGP, as Alex turns. This is the top flight of motorcycle racing on this planet, and as far as I know, every other planet. It's just not good enough. And it's been happening too often and for too long to not sit up and speak about it. Yeah, because you can you can have you you can ignore travel calls in the NBA, but this is not the sport where you could boys have at it. We there needs to be there a can clear be no self policing. Mm-hmm. MotoGP is not a self policing sport. We not saw a- that happen once. A dude got kicked off his motorcycle. Yeah, and, and that's why we don't think- have a points penalty penalty point system in air anymore because mm-hmm. of the aftermath of that incident. You know why know- we don't, RJ? Yeah, because it worked. Yeah. Because it did its intended purpose, directly affected the championship battle. Not that Rossi would have won every anyways. Fight me on it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it was literally like it got to the point where it was a political situation between <laughs> Italy and Spain. Yeah, between literal countries. We, we had countries willing to take up arms against one another over that incident. Yeah. And it did its job. And for the, it doing its job, it was scrapped. Yeah, I've kept quiet on this so far. I've I've largely not said very much on this matter. Here's what I will say: this sport has not gotten it right for twenty years. <laughs> this is not. This is the culmination of years of and literally decades of frustration regarding race direction and how to handle its talent. Because I'll tell you for free: twenty years ago, Taka gets a race ban for that incident. And I wouldn't blame them for giving them a race ban for it, because that was... I know MotoGP likes to put all of this in the vague category of irresponsible riding, which can range from anything from a long lap penalty to a pit lane start to a... Hell, remember when Jorge Navarro got black flagged for taking out Sam Lowe's last year? It, it's, it's, it's a messy system. And they've had multiple messy systems over the last 20 years. 20 years ago, they were probably a bit too harsh with it, where they were chucking out race bands. Like say, we, we were seeing them for a lot less than what happened at Turn 1 on yeah. Sunday. I still remember as a Gibbonau fan, he was taken out by Makoto Tamada at Mategi one year, yeah. and Tamada was disqualified. Like I'm just like, whoa, even I think that's a bit harsh. Um, like it's It's been decades of them never being quite able to figure this out. The one system that I thought that had the potential for this to work, the penalty point system, was chucked out because the sport got scared it pissed off its biggest meal ticket. And that frustrates me. This reboot we've had now for the last, I think, three years now with Freddie Spencer as lead steward has been a mess. The communication has been poor. The consistency of penalties has been a joke. I've not even mentioned Moto3 and how a complete dumpster fire that series has become in terms of officiating now, to the point where people asking for race bans 
actually have a point yeah. <laughs> because of how reckless and how poorly mismanaged it's been for a good half decade plus. It's... Because at, to, uh, at a certain point, you need to remove the human element because right. people are fallible. People can be manipulated. People can feel sympathetic to, to people who've broken the rules. Like, it, it sucks to say, but sometimes competition is harsh and people need to be punished. Yeah. Well, well and, and, and to that effect, these are racing riders, just like racing drivers. They are going. They are paid to go and push the limit. And if you do not define where that limit is, they're going to keep going further and further until they're so far over the line that something awful happens. Right. Let me tell you something. When I saw, I was astounded that Taka Nakagami did not suffer a basal skull fracture and die in that crash. Yep. Right. G- it, given it, the nature of how his neck moved, I'm astounded that he did not suffer a basal skull fracture. I'm astounded he's basically fine. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, that, that is, he's probably going to ride next weekend. That is astonishing. If you saw the replay of what that was, it went viral for good reason. It was the most terrifying incident I've seen since Marco Simoncelli from 2011. I am not exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. He probably should have died in that incident. That helmet saved his life. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Um... We've got to take away this unwritten rule where if somebody crashes out of nowhere and they take themselves out of a race and then take somebody else out with them, that that means, well, they're out, so that's punishment enough. No! That was reckless riding from Takanakagami. It was reckless, it was dangerous, it endangered himself as well as his fellow competitor in an incredibly nasty scenario. He should have had the book thrown at him for that. Yeah. That is, uh, that's a pit lane start at the minimum for me. <laughs> like any, I talk about this when this stuff like this comes up in Formula 1, mm. but for the most part, penalties across all sport fall into two categories. Uh, reparative, which is usually meant for in, like minor infractions of the rules meant to you know cheat or game the system. Sure, you know there we know what that category is. Frank limits, the, yeah. <laughs> and then the other category is punitive for doing something that either puts the sport into disrepute or puts yourself or other competitors in severe danger. And it's meant to go far beyond reparative. You know, trying to correct a wrong. This is to punish you for doing something that is reprehensible. Right. And this falls into that category, that second category, easily. And unfortunately, I could, I could bring up another example. This very Grand Prix last year, Fabio Quadraro chucked out his chest protector in the middle of a race and was only given a three-second time penalty for it. Yeah, he was given a reparative penalty for something that shouldn't have been given a reparative penalty. He should have been parked right there and then. Black and orange flag. Park him. Instead, you let him continue. Like, he was given a time penalty after the fact. He was allowed to continue without a vital piece of safety equipment. And Freddie Spencer just gave him a three-second time penalty and another one for, for track limits. Do you know how stupid this sport looked when that happened last year? I was like, thank God more people don't yeah, watch I mean, this, otherwise you'd be so embarrassed. Look at, look, I mean, look at that there. They have a hardcore, like like a, a no room for interpretation track limits, you know, 
ultra heavy-handed penalty. Oh, by the way, you're riding without uh, one of your most important safety components. That's fine. It's batshit crazy. This entire system has failed. It has failed. It is not fit for purpose, and it does not work. It's been multiple incidents over the last two, three, four seasons with this new system in place where I have sat there baffled at what I've watched in and how I would love to see the decision-making process that it comes to. But again, we don't get that because the sport is terrible of communicating its punishments. Like, according to Freddie Spencer, he came out after the race and said afterwards that, oh, Nakagami didn't break that late compared to the rest of the field, and that was that was decision enough not to punish them, to which I say, bullshit. Like, because we could all see it with our own eyes. He was never going to make that corner in a month of Sundays. Yeah. And he folded like how- the front tire before he even thought about turning the front wheel. And how far he chucked his bike up the field. Where'd the Nakagami start on the grid? 12. Yeah, and he was crashing around the leaders. Yeah. yeah. He took he, he, he took out two dudes who were starting on the second row. He, he went from 12 to 4th. Yeah, because he went he went for the big old outside sweep that we see in MotoGP quite often, where one, one guy will ride the outside and take advantage of people that have to slow down in the middle. It's a classic starting tactic that can work. Rins did it beautifully in Portomeo and gained about 10 spots for it. It can work. But, but even he then, he wasn't as late. He wasn't as late on the brakes as Taka was. Yeah. No way near. So, and again, that, I bring up that point because it doesn't matter if he wasn't as late as the break, on the brakes as the other riders around him. He was heading into turn one at a much higher speed than everyone else. Yeah, look, you doesn't matter how early or late you were on the brakes. Point is... You used your bike ended up being a weapon that took out two other riders for your own mistake. Yeah, that needs to be punished. That is a reckless incident, no matter which way you slice it. To say no further action is a spit in the face to someone like Alex Rins, who thankfully only had a minor injury. Quick question. Uh, Uh, What did Jorge Lorenzo get when he tucked the front of his Honda a couple years ago and took out a bunch of riders? Nothing. At least he was turning the fucking bike. Yeah. And he and got buried, and we thought he should have deserved a penalty when that happened. He got nothing, because that's the that's the go-to. If you take yourself out, well, that's punishment enough. That's bullshit. That's got to change. You've got to stamp out that sort of riding. You've got to send a clear message that that is completely unacceptable. And the sport has failed to do that, and everybody now looks stupid. To the point where journalists are pointing fingers at each other saying, oh, well, look, this whole idea of because Freddie Spencer is a legend, he's above criticism is complete look, You will bullshit. not meet, you will not be, you will not meet a bigger Freddie Spencer <laughs> fan than me. That man was extra fucking ordinary. And on some of my favorite motorcycles ever, that does not make him immune to criticism. Just no, because man. you were good in the sport does not mean you were good at managing the sport. And no, vice and, versa. No, I mean, it means you're bad at your job for it, too. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and then Dorna needs needs to readdress this immediately. Because this, this, what's going to happen is this will keep happening until something really bad happens. This was a lucky escape. This was... We were probably inches away from, dare I say, another fatality in this sport. I, um, I, am, I am still here shocked that Takanakagami is still here today. Yeah. And same deal with Taka. I am a big Taka fan. That was unacceptable riding. 
Completely. Completely. You know, like I said, 20 years ago, he gets a race ban for that incident. And honestly, if they had said after that race, you know what, sit Germany out, I wouldn't have blamed them at all. I, I, I'd have completely understood. Because we've, I've seen incidents of similar violence and irresponsibility that have led to black flags and race bans. Like, I'm not 100% in agreement with Rins saying that it was a two-race ban punishment like Dennis Onshue did. It's in the ballpark. I'd say it's borderline, and the fact it, that we can say it's borderline at all—that's enough. Should tell you should tell you enough. Yeah, that's enough for me. And yeah, look, this this system is not fit for purpose, Dorna. It needs to change. This is not going to work until someone else gets really hurt. And I don't like when series are reactive rather than proactive. When when the sports riders itself are basically sending you a vote of no confidence in the people that are meant to be managing them, something needs to change. It's that simple. Because if there's one thing I know about votes of no confidence, um, it says all the messages you need to send. <laughs> Especially as a Brit. You know, yeah. read any news lately? Um, anyway. Just, uh, just uh, you know, <laughs> since it is Stanley Cup playoff season, you know, <laughs> just think, Department of Player Safety? Things could always be worse. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh there was all, by the way, there was also a, a rest of a Catalan Grand Prix that played out. Alicia mm. Spargo uh, looked like he was going to finish on the podium. Fabio Cardo was so far ahead. The tower said the final lap that started. The timing tower said the final lap started. Unfortunately, he hadn't. Alicia Spargo still had two laps to go, and on the actual final lap, he slowed down thinking the race was over. He pulled up Mark Martin at Bristol in 94. While oh. he was running second, he dropped to fifth. And he burst into tears as he returned to the paddock in embarrassment. We thought Aprilia had screwed this up. We did. Oh, it was on a leash. Uh, it, was? it was It was an escalator descent into how did this happen. Like, watching it live, we assumed he had a bike problem. But no, he started waving through the crowd and, and eventually accelerated when he realized his error. Then we assumed it was a pit board. Then he admitted himself. Yes, I I looked at the pylon and came to that conclusion myself. Oh, Alish, you Folks, silly fucker. <laughs> was, was this a season-defining mistake from the man who has been Mr. Consistency all year long? Oh, we're going to have to wait and see because he just gave <laughs> away nine free points to the guy who won the race. Mm-hmm. Fabio Cotteraro now has a 22-point lead in the championship. Oh, man. No one, el- no one else is within two races of Fabio in the championship right now. I can't believe I'm saying this. In June, Fabio's got one hand on the title already. Like, because Bastianini binned it again, which didn't help. And, of course, Banyaya was taken out in that Nakagami incident. So the two guys that were closest to him had donuts on the weekend. So... Spargaro just gave him a gift. Um, I got. Um, Where do we I, even start? Well, uh, good news is, don't remember the last time the championship's been decided by nine points or less. Mm. Bad news is, if it is, you're going to feel real bad about it. Oh, God. Um, look. I've become oh, chief. Oh, God, it was 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, 2015. That was decided by five. Um, oh, in... God, no. I, yeah, I, I wrote about it. It was great. Back to the kick. Yeah. It, 
It, all roads lead to the kick, baby. Um, the kick look. brings you back. <laughs> Always available on Amazon and Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Ding, ding. Anyway, like, I was going to say, I have become the chief Felicia Spargaro defender on this platform because I think the internet is very mean to the man for seemingly no reason. Alicia, I can't defend you on this one, buddy. Um, that... That was a catastrophic mistake. Um, at worst, he finishes that race in third. Um, he was in a t- it was an intense fight before Gay Martin for second. Um, Aleish was winning that fight. He had about a point four of a second lead going into that penultimate lap. And uh, oh boy, uh, he, he's lucky he he's, came back. He's to waving to the crowd. He's yeah. He, he's 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 slowing down. Oh 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 shit! People are just riding by him at full speed. Yeah, and and that's when he realized. I mean, look, in Alaysh's defense, he's not the first man I've seen do this. This is not an unprecedented mistake. I remember this happened to Alex Rins. Yeah, that Alex Rins at Bruno. Back when he was in Moto3, I want to say back in 2015 or so, where he was, I think, running second, going over the line at Bruno. He stands up and, you know, raises his fists up in the air thinking he's won the race because it was a close photo over the line, or so he thought it was the final lap of the race. He thinks he's won. There was one lap to go, and I think he ended up in 15th place. Um, it's so it's not unthinkable that this has happened. It's it unthinkably has happened stupid. Before, but yeah. it, it doesn't make it any less stupid, and... You've got to maintain your professionalism here. You've got a dash. You've got a pit board. It's there for a reason. Use it, for God's sake. Um, it's it's there for good reason. And it's he's got no one to blame but himself. And look, I'm not going to be one of those journos that's going to call him an idiot, because I know certain people did. And... Because you know what? Anything I say about an H. Spargaro here is not going to be as angry or as hateful as what he's probably told himself since then. So, you know, I'm not going to be too mean on the man for it. But, oh, dear God. Like, this, you know what this was? And I've nicknamed it before on this show. It was a Jacobellis moment. We had the premature celebration. Um, and... Uh, I now have to rename it the Aspargaro moment because Jacobellis has won some golds now at the Olympics and Aleish is not a world champion. So uh, tough titty, boy. It's, it's, it, we've renamed it, folks. It's a bad one. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, we also had some silly season drama. Uh, mm. And King, this oh, goes before, to your before guys. Before we get into that, yeah, yeah. before we get mm. into that, uh, ju- ju- just to make the point, uh, someone actually did win this race. Fabio Quattararo... <laughs> Beat the field with uh, he, he beat the field with a ham, just yeah. bludgeoned them. Bludgeoned all his clothes stayed on. Like, like you know what's funny? I was watching BT Sports coverage of this. They were adamant, right, that Fabio was struggling a bit. Frankie Morbidelli might come back this weekend. Spoiler alert, kids, he didn't. Um, oh. And that uh, you know it was going to be Jacani's weekend to lose. Alicia Spargo is going to dominate this race weekend. Fabio Quadraro seal clubbed the field by eight and a half seconds. Yeah, <laughs> what? Fabio was a pole away from a grand slam. Got that new contract. <sighs> and the new contract. He's going to confirm the Yamaha for the next two years as well. The Yamaha is so bad. He, he can't, he's coming back for more. 
<laughs> Apparently, because that, that that bike is such a clunker. Um, you know, I I I, I don't. He wasn't he wasn't going to go anywhere else in the first place. That was like the least surprising news here. But my God, that man can ride a motorcycle. Holy shit! Like, did people forget that he loves Catalonia? I think people <laughs> forgot that he loves Catalonia because that was... He loves it so much, he'll take his clothes off for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My man, took, my, man took a, my man beat the field over their knees like Bane. It was uh, complete dominance. I know, it's not really a story in the context of what's gone on this weekend, but we had to mention that Fabio Cotteraro was uh, a, a weapon of mass destruction this weekend. He... Gave him what we call the super beat him down treatment. That was an unholy clobbering. And uh, yeah, probably one hand on the title because uh, Aleish needs wins at this point and everybody else is two races back. This is going to be a problem. Basically. Yeah, big problem. Big problem. Big problem. <laughs> on the subject like, of big problems, KTM. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, w- welcome to our tennis podcast where we're going to talk about how Rafael Nadal dominated Roland Garros this weekend. Gang, 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 get back here, get back here. We're also going to talk about Miguel Oliveira uh, definitely being told by his bosses they don't want to keep him at KTM. But they're going to send him back to take three with rumors intensifying that Jack Miller could be heading over from Ducati. And Miguel Oliveira explicitly told everybody he does not want to go back to Tech 3. So, King, who are you taking? Jack Miller? Miguel Vera? Who are you fancying this? Now, if you're on our Discord server, I said some choice words about Miguel Oliveira, which I will not repeat. Oh, no, I'm tempted. Oh, I'm tempted. Oh, it's staring me in the face. But no, I will not sing it. Let's just say they weren't kind. And let's just Stick. say... It, it may have mentioned one of the members of his family. Um, Stick <laughs> to the notes that are in the set. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, my notes in the set list, I don't think Oliveira has a choice here. I don't think he can convince KTM to retain him at the factory team. And for him, to paraphrase Carl Benz, it's, it's either Tech 3 or nothing. Do not dare just... Okay, okay, this is me saying this. Don't you dare disrespect the sanctity of the three-pointed star comparing them to KTM. (laughs) (laughs) This is me saying this. Good Lord. What does it come to? This this would be so much easier if Miguel Oliveira, to borrow a phrase from Ryan King, just passed some fucking bikes. (laughs) Well, what's he going to do? Go pass his teammate who has a long-term contract who also can't pass any bikes? Because the KTM is a dog shit bike. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a pro- talk about where you're mm. trading. Look, if Jack Miller, God bless his soul, Jack Miller, you're trading oh, one inconsistent. He was a night. You know, after Peko Benyaya got knocked out, I couldn't tell there was another factory Ducati in the race. Really couldn't. All the Grassinis, they both crashed too. <laughs> uh, well, we could tell because Bastianini's just crumpling up his title chance, yelling Kobe and chucking it in the fucking trash. Gatsy, please make some fucking sense. I'm really tired of you guys every week not knowing what the fuck is going on in your factory. And, and I'm just looking at it like your tra- KTM is here trading one inconsistent rider on an inconsistent bike. 
for another inconsistent rider who is currently on an inconsistent bike. <laughs> He's so true. This is the most lateral move they could have made. Alex Rins is right there. <sighs> oh, man. I don't think Alex Rins wants to go to Gabriel. Paul Espargaro could fall back into your lap. I don't think they want Paul Espargaro. That man is cooked right now. He, he, he was stone dead last of the bikes that made it over the line this past weekend. After running fourth in early doors. Yeah. I, I, I do, we've heard nothing as far as him having a technical problem or anything. He was Not just that slow. Startlingly slow. Um, how do I look at this? I, I look at this like... Miguel Oliveira has definitely been inconsistent. There's no argument in that. But I've often said, is that down to the bike or the rider? Because everything in his track history that's gotten him to this point has said to me that Miguel Oliveira is an outstanding bike rider. Like he was He's got their only win this year. Yeah. He's he's he was an incredible. He won a race for KTM this year. Yeah, this year, this year, like like in the wreck, and he dominated that race. I mean, look, he was an excellent Moto Three rider. He was an excellent Moto Two rider. He has won four races for KTM since joining their outfit in some capacity, whether it was Tech Three or with the full full blooded factory team. He has four wins for them. His upside is unbelievably good. I've said this from day one. I think he just needs a manufacturer that knows what he likes and can get the best out of him because KTM is not that. I think he's better than what this is. I mean, talking about him potentially not being in the sport anymore is crazy. And I did see talk of him talking to Grassini during this weekend. So he might be the Bastianini replacement if he moves to the factory team next year. That would be a good fit uh, as, for him. As weird as Ducati has been, I think he would be outstanding on a Ducati. Oh, yeah. Like, look, just give him a capable bike. He has not let anyone down on capable machinery in his entire GP career, ever. Like, and even when it's been shit, he can still get it to win. And that is something... Like, how many guys in the top flight have more than four wins in the, in, in, in the top flight so far in their careers? A handful. Well, and, and the thing is, like, by and large, wherever Brad Binder is, it's usually not... It, it's either behind or not far up the road from him. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get why they're in such... I mean, I get it. They want to manage their resources. They, they probably want to chuck Fernandez out and keep Miggy on the board by spreading out the talent, by keeping him in tech free. They're going to have the Pedro Acosta problem to deal with soon as well. Oh, yeah. Say, you're what? bringing in an outsider when you've got a... a, 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 a war pose, a war chest of fantastic talent you coming up through. You have an 80-grade prospect just waiting in the wings there. So mm. why are we bringing in an outside rider who is probably being outperformed by Oliveira anyway, and Oliveira's on a worse bike? Because Jack weird. Miller was unbelievably poor around Spain. I, I, I don't understand Jack Miller at this point. Miller was fourth in this championship last year. Fourth. Like, he was really good last season. There is no argument here. He's had two or three rounds where he's just been absolutely dreadful. I don't understand Jack Miller at this point. Like, I don't understand anything about Ducati. I, I said this on Twitter because I, I did an impromptu Q&A on Twitter yesterday. I literally said with my own mouth that maybe Johan Zarco might be the guy that should be in the factory seat next year because you need a floor. 
Like the floor is is made of quicksand at the moment in Jakati. No, the like, fl- the floor is in the gravel because Bastianini literally is win or crash at this point. Yeah, you can't he, win. He a only that way. wins or crashes. You have to do a whole fucking lot more winning than crashing if you want to win a title. Yeah, Martin's been it five times this year. Miller's... Martin's been abysmal this year. What's happened? I don't, we just finished second because again we know how good Martin can be. Like, but it's like every Ducati rider. That that is is fighting up there at the front is either podium or DNF. It there's question marks everywhere in that camp. Everywhere there is not one stable rider talent in the Ducati outfit. Even Banyaya has been inconsistent. Like it's there is no one with a clean build at the moment in that factory outfit. So why the hell are you bringing in Jack Miller? Like he's going to fix this problem right now. I don't understand KTM right now. You've got no, no, all no, no, the you're talent shipping out Jack in. Miller. You're, you're shipping out Jack Miller if you're Ducati, but you're replacing him with someone who is probably just as inconsistent, even if they might have a little more upside. Like, does, does this improve Ducati right now? I don't think this especially improves either manufacturer because they're just trading their problems for more of the same problems. Meanwhile, Mir and Rins are just sitting there. <laughs> Menacingly, does anybody want to sign Alex Rins for next? Year? He's, he's gonna end. He's gonna end up at RNF, isn't he? He's gonna end up on the Aprilia. That's terrifying. That might be a good thing for him. Yes, that might, that might a be private uh, Aprilia. Might, might be well, falling upwards. Blessing in the skies. You know, and and Mir, and, and Mir. I mean, at this point, he could ask Honda for eighty million dollars a year, and they'd have to pay him. They have no options. Right, none yeah, just write him that. Just write him that check, like he's interested, like he's uh, de- debating on whether or not it's morally acceptable to go play an LIV golf. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mickelson walking out to the red carpet gal like he's the Undertaker, trying to go twenty five <laughs> minutes, mean. being gassed after five. No, no good, just good. letting everyone know if, if if Live Golf offered us seven figures to do a Live Golf podcast, I think we could take it. Oh, pff, I, I quit seven the day figures? job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, even and, hesitate. And I mean, and, and the other piece in all of this regarding, you know, Honda and everything. Um, if you want to know how, if you want to know how things are going with Paul Spargaro. Um, they had the option to give the new development frame that Marquez was riding last week before he went in for sur- surgery. By the way, he was riding with a 30-degree rotated humerus and <laughs> still had top six pace. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> yep. And uh, they gave it to Taka instead of Paul They gave Spar, it to right? Taka instead of their other factory rider or Stefan Brattel, who, by the way, existed and crashed again because he's Stefan Brattel. Laquonas, right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he isn't, because Honda, for once, and their miserable existence, outside of Formula One, of course, um, their World Superbike program with Iker is actually looking pretty good this year. Yeah. Not great, but it's definitely better it's than better. it has been. Uh, you yeah, don't want to take him out you of could that. Get, you could give him a wild card. You don't have to go back to Brattle all the time. You don't right. have to go back to this well that's already been dry. Precisely. Yes, it, it, it's it, Paul is so done in that town. Yeah, he he defined all the development on this bike, and this bike has, well... No bitches. This bike is terminally grassless. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's It doesn't touch any grass, just gravel. Yeah, it's rough out here in these streets. Oh, what a wild 
five out of ten race that was to review on this show because uh my god we have a lot to get through on that one but uh yeah somebody get alicia spargaro his mans um and somebody get alex rins a new wrist uh moto gp will be back in a couple of weeks time for the german grand prix it's going to be the first time in a while i'm going to be saying this the german grand prix will not be won by mark marquez yeah that's going to be the first time i'm going to be saying that in 11 years. We're saying that there's going to be some act of God and the race is going to be canceled. Yeah. yeah. Or Mark Marquez is like going to win the race on foot. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to get one of Mark Cavendish's bicycles. race on foot with a cast on his arm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, uh, with everything with Mark, uh, get well soon. Apparently of course. Surgery, surgery was a resounding success. Great. Everyone's hit. pretty happy. So the wait, the wait has begun. Fingers crossed. Is brewing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, indeed. Hopefully it all goes to plan because we miss you, Mark. It wasn't the same without you out there. Huge grandstand there for, for the Marquez stand with a big banner that said, come back stronger, Mark. Although attendance was down. Only 60,000 for the Catalan Grand Prix this year. Oh. 91,000 three years ago, 60,000 now. Mm. Maybe, Maybe they're, they're missing Valentino Rossi more than we think. Maybe, maybe. Uh, out there in the stands, hate watching. Hate watching, of <laughs> course. We're just like us. Next episode will be Formidary Integrata. Actually, let's learn to pronounce actually got to pronounce it correctly this time, sort of. But uh, that'll be next up for Formidary. Mitch Bra! You'll love to see it. Um, before we go, of course, basically you can find us one more time. YouTube.com forward slash motorsport101. Motorsport101. Twitch.tv on forward, forward slash, I should say, Motorsport 101 underscore, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101, mm-hmm. at Harrison 101 HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and C Buckley 917. Um, our website, Motorsport 101, for more on that race and IndyCar as, as well from Detroit. And of course, all the big reviews on there as well, including written stuff from me as well and of course if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 for some early access and a bunch of other perks as well but until then i've been dre harrison they've been rj o'connell ryan eric king and cam buckley until next time sayonara later y'all bye guys do, do, do we have one podcast left or two <laughs> no it's the one in jakarta you know jakarta like Magna Carta or Microsoft in Carta. We uh, <laughs> gotta get this info into a leash stat. BMW Motorrad World Endurance winners of the first 24 hours of Spa on bikes. Beautiful. You're all yep. shocked. <laughs>